booster for your morning. All the news you need to know. It's the WABC Early News on 77 WABC. Welcome to the 77 WABC Early News. I'm Deborah Valentine with your news, sports, business, traffic, and weather. Here's everything you need to know. The top five at five. The suspect in Tuesday's horrific subway attack in Brooklyn is identified. It's all thanks to cell phone video. There's a $50,000 reward for information leading to Frank R. James. More scandal rocks the New York governor's office. Governor Hochul has accepted Brian Benjamin's resignation after he was arrested in a campaign contribution scheme. President Biden is playing the blame game as U.S. inflation hits a 40-year high, largely driven by gas prices. Following backlash from conservatives, Facebook founder Mark Zuckerberg will not not donate to the 2024 presidential campaign. He spent $350 million bucks in the 2020 election on Biden. Actor and comedian Gilbert Gottfried has died at the age of 67. Here's your top five at five. Sound from a cell phone video there. At least 29 people were hurt, 10 shot after a lone gunman in a reflective vest with a gas mask threw smoke bombs on a subway car. This happened at the 36th Street subway station in Sunset Park, Brooklyn. The suspect began firing yesterday morning. Police say 62-year-old Frank R. James weapon jam potentially saving more lives. Security also has now been tightened around New York City Mayor Eric Adams. That's because police say the suspects see a post show he was critical of the mayor's homeless policies. A witness speaks to the New York Post. He opened one of his gas tanks and he said, oops, my bad. He pulls out an axe, he drops it, he takes a gun out. He started shooting. He shoots He shoots me first for some reason. I don't know why me. And I dodged this bullet somehow. I jumped over the, 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 the chairs. Like a the chair. I jumped over it. One guy gets shot right next to me. Police say there's a $50,000 reward this morning for information leading to James. He has addresses in Wisconsin and Philadelphia. The NYPD located the suspect's rental U-Haul on King's Highway in Gravesend. Here's NYPD Commissioner Keychant Sewell. I want to begin by assuring the public that there are currently no known explosive devices on our subway trains, and this is not being investigated as an act of terrorism at this time. The suspect was seen mumbling to himself before donning a gas mask, removing a canister from a bag before the car began to fill with smoke. A rider's cell phone video led cops to ID this suspect as James. MTA cameras at the station were not working. All those injured are expected to survive. New York's Lieutenant Governor Brian Benjamin resigned yesterday. He appeared in Manhattan federal court pleading not guilty to charges of bribery, fraud, conspiracy and falsification of records. Benjamin's indicted in a scheme to obtain campaign contributions from a real estate developer. That in exchange for his promise to secure a $50,000 state grant for a nonprofit organization the developer controlled. Benjamin was released after posting a $250,000 bond. He's restricted and barred from returning to the New York State Capitol in Albany. Here's U.S. Attorney for the Southern District of New York, Damian Williams. Taxpayer money for campaign contributions. Quid pro quo. This for that. 
That's bribery, plain and simple. Benjamin nor his attorney commented as they left the courthouse. New York's Governor Hochul accepted Benjamin's resignation. Meanwhile, the real estate developer, he's identified as Gerald Migdahl. He has been indicted. He's charged with conspiracy to commit wire fraud, wire fraud, and aggravated identity theft. U.S. inflation hit a 40-year high yesterday. The CPI, that's the Consumer Price Index, surged to 8.5% in March compared to 2021. U.S. Labor Department says the CPI increased 1.2% from February to March. That's a tenth of a point higher than expected. The largest price increases were for gasoline, shelter, and food. Here's President Joe Biden on why everything is going up. Putin's invasion of Ukraine has driven up gas prices and food prices all over the world. The two largest grain producers in the world, China and, uh, should be, Ukraine and Russia, are not doing what they usually do. So everything's going up. Gasoline prices increased 18.3 percent in March, accounting for over half of the monthly increase. U.S. stocks gave up their early gains and government T-bond yields declined following that inflation report. Russia's invasion of Ukraine drove a March surge in oil and gas prices, which hit records in mid-March. Energy prices shot up 11 percent. Prices for groceries posted a one and a half percent gain for March. No political donations from Facebook founder Mark Zuckerberg's nonprofit this year. The decision follows backlash from conservatives, suspicious that the contributions tilted the outcome of the 2020 presidential race towards Joe Biden. Zuckerberg's nonprofit doled out 350 million bucks related to the 2020 election, none for Donald Trump. Instead, the Center for Technology and Civic Life, the CTCL, announced on Monday that it's launching a different program. Dubbed the U.S. Alliance for Election Excellence, the $80 million five-year effort aimed to create a network for the nation's thousands of local election officials who can apply for aid to improve their technology and processes. None of Facebook's executives donated to former President Donald Trump's campaigns. No, no, a thousand times! No! Well, you may recognize that voice. It is the late actor Gilbert Gottfried. He has died at the age of 67. Gottfried's family announced the news on his official Twitter account yesterday. They say he died following a long illness. Gottfried's longtime friend and publicist Glenn Schwartz confirmed the actor and comedian's death to People magazine. Gottfried was known for his work in comedy films and Aladdin. He played Iago in Disney's 1992 classic Aladdin. Gottfried's last amazing colossal podcast last aired on April 4th. Taking a look at your forecast from the Ramsey Mazda Weather Center. Mostly cloudy day today, our high 66, just a 20% chance of showers before 2 a.m. Mostly cloudy overnight, the low 63. Tomorrow, showers are likely. We may see a thunderstorm as well. Late afternoon, partly sunny skies in the morning, the high 75. Right now, 54 partly cloudy skies here in Manhattan. Well, inflation has hit a 40-year high. U.S. Senator Joe Manchin, the West Virginia centrist, said Tuesday government leaders need to stop searching for where to lay the blame. Manchin is calling on the Biden administration to cut spending and expand U.S. energy. Now, Manchin says the president and the Federal Reserve haven't done enough to deal with inflation. Former U.S. Education Secretary Bill Bennett reacted to Manchin's comments on the special report with Brett Baer. 
For God's sakes, Joe, give it up. Nobody believes you. I mean, uh, the American people don't believe you. Even the Democrats uh, are, are abandoning you uh, on this issue. You might say something about Putin, yeah, bearing some responsibility for uh, inflation late in the game here. But day one, what is the first thing you did? Uh, got rid of the XL pipeline. As we mentioned earlier during the 77 WABC Early News, inflation hit a 40-year high Tuesday with the Consumer Price Index CPI up 8.5% from March of this year from March of last year. The White House initially dismissed inflation last year as transitory before it continued to surge into late 2021 and into this year. And with inflation at a 40-year high, President Joe Biden in Iowa yesterday, he announced the U.S. EPA will allow a 15% blend of ethanol in gasoline instead of 10%. The move is expected to lower gas prices by 10 cents a gallon. Iowa, of course, is the nation's largest producer of corn, and ethanol is a byproduct of that. Here's Biden. But the Environmental Protection Agency is planning to issue an emergency waiver to allow E15 gasoline that uses more ethanol from homegrown crops to be sold across the United States this summer in order to increase fuel supply. Critics say the 5% increase will increase smog. Biden calls Tuesday's 8.5% spike in inflation. Putin's price hike blaming inflation on Russian President Vladimir Putin's war on Ukraine. The 15% ethanol blend is usually prohibited between June 1st and September 15th because it adds to smog in higher temperatures. Steve Dettelbach is President Biden's second nominee to lead the Bureau of Alcohol, Tobacco, Firearms and Explosives. If confirmed, he is also expected to focus on new plans to regulate ghost guns. Just announced regulations require a background check for ghost guns made from homemade kits and also serial numbers. Biden announced the new rules during a Rose Garden event Monday, along with Deputy Attorney General Lisa Monaco. Biden speaks on ghost guns. To buy a couch, you have to assemble. It's still a couch. If you order a package like this one over here, that includes the parts you need, the direction of assembling a functioning farm, you bought a gun. Biden pulled his former ATF nominee, David Chipman, in the face of opposition from gun rights groups. Chipman advocated for gun control. Some 20,000 suspected ghost guns were recovered in criminal investigations last year, according to government data. Frustration is mounting on the GOP's right flank. It's all over former President Donald Trump's endorsement of Dr. Mehmet Oz, Dr. Oz, in the Pennsylvania Senate race. Here is President Trump endorsing Dr. Oz. Literally, as I'm walking up, we endorse Dr. Oz. I've known him for a long time. He's a tremendous guy, very smart, Harvard-educated. He went to the Wharton School of Finance, and he also went to Penn Medical School. That's a pretty unusual combination. And he's just been a very strong, reliable guy, loves the state, loves the people, and he'll be a great senator. But Oz has supported issues such as Obamacare, abortion and guns, and that has sparked frustration among hardline populists where some of Trump's staunchest supporters in internal polling numbers shared with The Hill. A McCormick campaign survey showed that 18 percent of GOP primary voters described Oz as liberal in January, and that's a figure that shot up to 43 percent earlier this month. Dr. Oz faces former hedge fund manager David McCormick for the GOP nod over in Pennsylvania. Russian President Vladimir Putin Tuesday warned his enemies in the West they will face consequences if they worsen the situation in Ukraine. Putin, speaking in front of dozens of rockets at the Vostochny Space Launch Facility in Russia's Far East, 
insisted that his faltering invasion of Ukraine would prevail. He warned of world starvation as a result of Western sanctions against Moscow. The Russian president also claimed Russia's economy and financial system have withstood worldwide sanctions. Putin insisted sanctions will backfire, driving up prices for goods. He argued that new Western restrictions on high-tech exports will encourage Russia to move faster to develop new technologies. Putin compared the accusations to those concerning the use of chemical weapons by the regime of Syrian President Bashar al-Assad. It's the same kind of fake in Bukha, Putin said. A COVID-19 mask mandate has now returned to Philadelphia. This mandate comes just a month after the city of brotherly love lifted its mask mandate. The decision by some has been called tyranny. This Philadelphia business owner, Jackie Olsisi, doesn't think the new mandate is needed. It hasn't been a problem. It never was a problem. And I don't think it's going to be a problem now. And I don't think it's even going to last as long. I don't think it's necessary. You know, I mean, another variant's always going to come out afterwards. So, I mean, it's just going to be an ongoing thing. I just don't think it's necessary. So this new mass mandate begins Monday, April 18th in Philadelphia as the BA2 variant is now the dominant strain of COVID in the U.S., Officials in Philadelphia said cases there increased to 149 per day. That's an 86% jump over the past two weeks. Well, how about a three-day weekend each and every week? California could become the first state in the U.S. to have a four-day work week of just 32 hours. The idea is in a proposed bill that's making its way through the state's legislature. Here's a Democratic California State Representative Christina Garcia. This is a starting point for a discussion Uh, about how we reimagine the work week. Employees are making it clear that they want a better quality of life. They're asking for more flexibility. They're prioritizing mental health, physical health, emotional health out there. And I think in part, it's why you're seeing over 47 million people who have left their workplace. So that bill sponsored by Garcia and fellow Democrat Evan Lowe. 77 WABC Time Check, 515. Justin Ellick is here with sports. Yes, I am. Hi, Deb. How are you? Good, good. I'm hanging in as well. It is hump day, and I am Justin Ellick here with your early news sports update. Bring on the Celtics as our very own Brooklyn Nets toppled the Cleveland Cavaliers last night at the Barclays Center 115-108 to 108 to secure the Eastern Conference 7 seed and a first-round date with Boston to set, uh, set to begin on Saturday. Kyrie Irving registered 34, point, 34 points in the big win. Along with Kevin Durant's 25, as the Nets can breathe easy now, knowing they have a seat at the table. The Timberwolves bested the Clippers to secure their seven-seed spot, and we'll get... What'd you do, run down the hallway? You're a little out of yeah, breath there. I mean, man, I'm, oh, man, did you do I'm the... I'm like running uh, back and forth of doing sprints, because the printer out here doesn't work, so I had to run down to sales, and then run all the way back. It's like uh, I'm doing suicides out here. Oh, my God. Anyways, all thank right, you for that. All right, take a deep breath. Now, all right. Now, now I have my breath. Now I have Wait, my we've got to get this fixed, <laughs> Anyways, out west, the Timberwolves bested the Clippers to secure their seven-seed spot, and we'll get their first-round series with the Memphis Grizzlies underway on Saturday as well. A full slate of hot ice hockey to get to, so let's dive right in with the Rangers at home hosting the Carolina Hurricanes. A tight one through two and even at a goal apiece. Carolina pulled away in the third. Tandle the blue, tandle, uh, hand the blue shirts a 4-2 loss. Keandre Miller buried one early for the Rangers. And Chris Kreider scored late for his 50th goal of the season, becoming just the fourth player in franchise history to reach the historic mark. Up next for the Rags is a quick trip to Philadelphia to skate with the Flyers tonight at 7 p.m. Eastern time. The Islanders indulged in a neck-and-neck battle with the Penguins last night on the island. Sending things to a shootout, nodded at four after the extra period proved too little to decide things. 
Kyle Palmieri played hero on the night with a lone shootout goal on either side, sending the Islanders on their way to a 5-4 win at home. Ilya Sorokin finished his night with 43 saves for New York, which is a new career high for the young tender. The Isles will follow the Penguins back to the Steel City for another meeting with the Penguins Thursday night at 7 p.m. Eastern. That's for the Devils. They took it to the Coyotes in Arizona to the tune of a 6-2 road win. They'll try and keep it going in Colorado come Thursday night at 9 p.m. Tyler McGill is doing his best to fill the void Jacob deGrom has left as he delivered on the bump again last night for the Metropolitans, chucking five and a third of shutout ball with five punchouts and no free passes. Brandon Nemo goes deep in his in the fifth inning, and Francisco Lindor added an RBI single in the eighth to propel the Mets to a 2-0 win. They'll round out their three-game set with the Phillies later on this afternoon at 1.05 p.m. Eastern time. As for the Yanks, they made sure New York went 2-0 on the diamond for the night with their 4-0 handling of the Blue Jays in Game 2 of that four-game series. They'll kick off the second half of that set tonight at 7.05 p.m. from Yankee Stadium. Here with the early news sports update, I'm Justin Alec on 77 WABC. Your forecast from the Ramsey Monster Weather Center. Mostly cloudy today, the high near 66, just a 20% chance of showers before 2 a.m. Mostly cloudy overnight, the low 63, and tomorrow look for showers, possibly a thunderstorm, the high 76. Right now, 54 partly cloudy skies here in Manhattan. Frank Morano standing by with your business report. Thank you, Deb. Good morning. I am Frank Moreno with your business report. The opening bell rings this morning after a lower close on Wall Street as investors weighed the latest inflation data. The major averages started the day sharply higher, only to turn lower in late trading. The Labor Department reported consumer prices rose 8.5% on an annual basis in March. However, the core CPI rose just three-tenths of a percent for the month. At the closing bell, the Dow Jones Industrial lost 87 points. The S&P 500 lost 15 points, and the Nasdaq fell 40 points. Speaking of inflation, Bank of America is warning that high inflation poses a credible threat to the economic recovery that began just two years ago. There were record year-over-year prices spiking on everything from new vehicles and men's apparel to baby food and salad dressing. Lyft suspended its surge pricing citywide Tuesday after the horrific subway attack that injured at least 29 people. And even as its larger competitor, Uber, stubbornly limited its own suspension of demand-based rates to the Sunset Park section of Brooklyn where the shooting occurred. The shooting was around 8.30 a.m. and it snarled train service across the city for hours and left fearful New Yorkers scrambling for rides. Lyft spokesman Katie Kim said the company's primetime pricing was suspended during the afternoon but did not say exactly at what time. Surging food and fuel prices following Russia's invasion of Ukraine are fueling discontent across Europe, testing Western democracy's political resilience. The first round of France's presidential election on Sunday saw right-wing populist Marine Le Pen get 22.9% of the vote on the back of a campaign focused on voters' dwindling purchasing power. Her far-left rival, Jean-Luc Mélenchon, whose campaign focused on prices, wages, and welfare benefits wasn't far off, with 22% of the vote. I'm Frank Morano with your business report on 77 WABC. I'll be back at 1 a.m. on the other side of midnight.
Thanks, Frank. And U.S. stock futures rising as J.P. Morgan and BlackRock are set to release uh, results today. The Dow's up 186 points at 34,325. S&P 500 up 29 and a quarter. The Nasdaq is up 125 and a half points. Gold up $2.90 an ounce at $1,979. As for crude oil, just over 100 bucks a barrel this morning at $100.74. That is up 14 cents. The WABC Early News. Deborah Valentine with your 77 WABC Early News. Well, subway cameras were not working at the 36th Street Sunset Park subway station in Brooklyn, where Tuesday's mass shooting occurred. New York City's mayor said the non-working cameras actually threw a monkey wrench into the NYPD's search for the fugitive gunman. In the end, a strap hanger's cell phone camera video helped ID the suspect as Frank R. James, who's on the run this morning. He fled after allegedly shooting 10 strap hangers, more than a dozen, dozen others injured at the station. 77 WABC host and Guardian Angels founder Curtis Sliwa spoke to 77 WABC's Dominic Carter. We find out after this uh, carnage that the video cameras throughout this station and two other stations, one north and one south, inoperable, not working. No police at the station. That's a very busy station. There should have been cops there. And it's just we don't have enough cops. And, of course, Sliwa defeated in the mayoral race by Adams. The MTA says the agency moving away from subway cameras, which store video footage. A new initiative just announced reveals new subway cameras stream footage directly to NYPD data servers. However, there are no new live cameras at that 36th Street station. And sound there of the aftermath of that Brooklyn subway shooting. Four schools in the Sunset Park, Brooklyn neighborhood went into lockdown mode following Tuesday's shooting at the 36th Street subway station. Some students in Sunset Park posted signs on their school's windows with one note pleading, make New York City safe again. Affected were PS24, Sunset Park High School, PS371 in two locations of Little Brooklyn Pre-K. Another handwritten message at one of the schools said, Have hope, NYC, followed by a heart. Additional police and school safety agents were stationed at schools for dismissal yesterday. Hundreds of mourners packed a Bronx funeral Tuesday to bid farewell to 16-year-old Angela Yambo. She's a teenager killed by a stray bullet right outside University Prep Charter High School where she attended. This happened last Friday during gang warfare. Yambo's mother speaks to NBC4 New York. I lost my life. I lost my daughter. And I have no words to say or even express to you what I'm feeling right now. Yambo was fatally struck in the back by a stray bullet on East 156th Street, just a block away from school as she walked home. The suspected shooter, 17-year-old Jeremiah Ryan, is charged as an adult. He allegedly fired the shots from a 9-millimeter polymer 80 ghost gun after getting into a beef with a group of suspected gang members. Police say they found Ryan at his home attempting to put the ghost gun in a garbage bag. Meanwhile, a Bronx judge has yet to decide whether or not this teen defendant in Yembo's killing will be moved to family court. Jeremiah Ryan is charged as an adult, as we mentioned, with murder, attempted murder, manslaughter, and two counts of criminal weapons possession in Yambo's killing and the injuring of two others. Here's NYPD Police Commissioner Keechant Sewell. While Anjali's loved ones are devastated, 
we can pray that this arrest brings them some sense of solace. The Bronx DA has asked the judge for a few days to prepare its argument as to why the defendant should be tried as a juvenile and not as an adult. Ryan's due back in court on Thursday, where the judge is expected to render a decision on his status as an adult or a juvenile. He has no previous record. Well, here's a twist of irony for you. Police have identified a suspect in the death of the mother of Puerto Rican Olympic rifle shooter Yaramar Mercado Martinez. She was fatally shot in her Connecticut home over the weekend. A stray bullet flew through a second-floor window, fatally striking her. 56-year-old Mabel Martinez died Sunday after being shot in the head Saturday afternoon. According to Waterbury Police, the woman's family plans to bring her mother's remains to Puerto Rico for a proper burial. And so far, no arrests in that case. Even more gun violence to tell you about this morning. Three people killed. At least 12 others were wounded in a series of shootings that rocked parts of the Bronx and Brooklyn on Tuesday night. The victims here included a 23-year-old woman, two men, 22 and 21 years old, who died in separate shootings in the Bronx. Police reported at least five other shootings in New York City during a roughly six-hour span, a 15-year-old girl among the survivors. The violence erupted, of course, just hours after the worst subway shooting in the city's history left 10 others shot and more than a dozen wounded. A Brooklyn cop told the New York Post, another nice day. Everybody's out on the street and everybody's getting shot. No one is safe. Well, you might recognize that guitar playing, Kurt Cobain, the iconic blue Mustang Fender guitar that belonged to him. Played in Nirvana's Smells Like Teen Spirit music video, set to go to auction next month. The iconic blue guitar is from the band's iconic 1990s hit. Bids are expected to hit at least 800000 bucks. It'll be auctioned by Julian's Auctions. It's the WABC Early News on 77 WABC.